0: When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and I answered them as best I could with things that I picked up along the way. They also called me padre. So Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast where I try to answer some of the big questions. And today, I hope I can encourage you to explore the strange new world of the Bible. Um, our Psalm today, our Old Testament lesson, and the martyrdom of William Tyndale that we commemorate today point to that book. So if you don't have a Bible, let me know. I'll try to get you one um, so you can read it or read it with us. At morning prayer, we meet every morning for morning prayer on Zoom, and you can keep your camera off for that. You don't have to. You can just listen in. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. Um, to participate in that. So let me know. uh, Runnermonk at gmail.com. Email me or DVD Peters on Twitter or David W. Peters on Instagram. Uh, Lots of ways to find me. And uh, reach out and I'll give you the link for that Zoom meeting that happens every morning. Take take care, everyone, and uh, blessings. Sort of have a running theme today. With um, our psalm, which is Psalm 119, the psalm about how much the psalmist loves God's word, the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, the law. Uh, we have a lot of words for this book we call the Bible. <clears throat> the good book. Uh, the There's a lot of names for it. Um, And people in those days had a lot of names for it, too. But the general one that the psalmist is talking about is the law. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. It's hard to maybe in our sort of entertainment focused world to see what people are getting out of reading certain parts of the Bible. And yet. Uh, there's something about the comprehensiveness of the Torah, the law, the five books of Moses that really just are a beautiful thing to behold. And then we have this reading about Josiah, the eight year old king, who's now 18, who discovers the book of the law and the whole people of the land gather together and they renew the covenant <clears throat> um, what they are doing is returning to that law. They're returning to the law of Moses. They're returning to the way that God wanted his people to live in the desert. When God issued the law from Mount Sinai, uh, they were really a collection of tribal groups, a group of escaped enslaved people who had just been liberated. One of the, the problems of enslavement for hundreds of years, which the people of God experienced in Egypt, was an erosion of their identity. Um, slavery erodes and er- seeks to erase uh, one's personal identity and individual dignity. And so after this had been going on for hundreds of years, when they finally are in the desert, they have to forge a new, new identity. And their identity is forged by, by this law of God, and it's an identity they carry into the promised land. It's an identity that they then lose again, not through conquest, not through slavery, not through being subjected to a foreign power, but through be, trying to become like the nations around them. The people of God bring in other idols, idols to worship. They bring in, they build other temples to worship these idols in and they do a lot of things to sort of fit in with the kingdoms around them, when in fact they are losing their first love, the love of the, the love that God and they had in this covenant relationship. The word covenant <clears throat> is um, is a word that we still use for the marriage covenant, um, probably the most obvious covenant in modern American life. But we have a lot of covenants when you take a job you are sort of making a covenant with your employer to do stuff and then get money for that and um, there's a relationship there of, of, um, of hopefully mutual respect that's not always the case and that's when a job becomes a bad job is when there's not a covenant of mutual respect same in a bad relationship in a bad marriage or a troubled relationship and the covenant that we have Um, as a community of faith as a church is called the new covenant the new testament covenant and testament are interchangeable words here just like your last will and covenant your last will and testament and so we are in a covenant too a covenant that is inaugurated by jesus christ just as moses gave the law on mount sinai so jesus gave his Sermon on the Mount, a new covenant for us to follow. He inaugurates this covenant just as Moses did with the shedding of blood. Um, Jesus inaugurates the new covenant with the shedding of his own blood. This is not a concept that Jesus came up with. This is a concept that is talked about by the prophet Jeremiah and many other prophets in the Old Testament that Jesus fulfills. And so we see this renewal of the covenant. And then today's feast day... Uh, is uh, the feast day of William Tyndale. William Tyndale lives uh, right on the pivot point of history, of Reformation history, 500 years ago. He's a young scholar, uh, professor, priest, Catholic priest in England um, before the English Reformation. The king is Henry VIII, who has married his brother's wife. King Henry's brother dies Um, suddenly and unexpectedly he is the heir to the throne and young Henry this teenager uh, has to marry his brother's wife they have not allegedly not consummated the marriage even though they've had the marriage ceremony they are teenagers as well as many of the royal marriages were in that day so Henry marries Catherine of Aragon um, and And then suddenly, uh, many years later, after having a child with her, wants to have an annulment. And William Tyndale is one of the few priests and scholars who writes a a paper about it, how he doesn't think the king should annul his marriage to Catherine. Um, And this gets him in big trouble. Tyndale also gets in trouble because he goes to the bishop and asks permission to translate the Bible into English. Up to this point, the Bible has only been translated into English a couple times, most notably under John Wycliffe, the day star of the Reformation, who was also executed for translating the Bible into English um, a couple hundred years before. Tyndale is a, a scholar of Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic. He a, speaks a number of languages. And he's he can do it. And he goes to the bishop and says, "I can translate the Bible into English for you." And they say, "No, we're not we don't really want that. So he goes and does it anyway. <clears throat> so between this, translating the Bible into English and a po- writing this book, opposing the annulment of Henry's first marriage, so he can marry Anne Boleyn, um, who is Queen Elizabeth's mother, by the way. <laughs> um, so you know that they do get married. Um, he has to flee for his life. He flees England. He goes to Brussels, Belgium, where the Catholic authorities there uh, condemn him for treason and for heresy. Uh, As a mercy, because he is a priest, they say, we're just going to strangle you. We're not going to burn you alive. We'll burn you after we strangle you. And so they strangle him. And he gets his last words. And he says, "May God open the eyes of the King of England." He's di- he dies a martyr's death. Four years later, King Henry VIII has his people translate the Bible into English, and they basically use John Wick- or Tyndale's work. They di- basically use Tyndale's translation to do it. I mean, they they sort of do their own thing, but they are following nearly word for word every letter that. William Tyndale translated in his life. He didn't live to see it. But I think um, as all the martyrs um, are watching us from heaven, they live to see the fruit of their labors. He was 42 years old when he died um, there in Brussels. And today the church commemorates him. So here we have three sort of snapshots of people that love the Bible. It is a worthy thing to love the Bible, um, to to get the Bible so into your veins that you sort of breathe it and feel it and know it and can think about it and think through your life through the world of the Bible. Um, And when we come to this idea of covenant, um, we are reminded of this covenant renewal that was read to us today, um, that Barbara read to us today. and. Maybe today, and we often think of people in the Bible as having this very steady relationship with God, that they just kind of, you know, believed God, they saw the miracles, and they just believed, and they hadn't didn't have any problem with it. Well, if you read the Bible, you find out that they had all kinds of ups and downs, they had all kinds of setbacks, and they, for a lot of time, didn't believe, um, and they had to constantly renew the covenant with God constantly renew it every generation had to renew it every person had to renew it once a year at least and probably more than that because they were a lot like us they were flighty people they were people subject to all the changes and chances of life to all the doubt and despair and all this all the discouragement that you and I have felt um, in our lives as we go through the things we go through And so this covenant renewal is an invitation to us. Renew the covenant. Um, Come back to your first love, the love that Jesus has for you, that he shows you on the cross, the love that God has for you in creation, by making you to be the person you are to be, Um, both in present reality, God loves you just the way you are, and and also in the way that God is calling you to be, to go deeper into that love relationship to feel that love of the covenant again. God has made a covenant with you. He has inaugurated it through the death of his son and has proven it through the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, showing that you too will be resurrected. Both little resurrections that we need to get up out of our hospital beds, to get up out of bed every morning, and also in that great day of resurrection, that one day after we die, that we will come back to life and be with God in glory and be with each other in glory too. And that is our hope. That is the covenant that God made with us. That is the promise that he made to you. And so remember that in this day of covenant renewal because God remembers it even better than we remember it. Amen. The collect for William Tyndale, priest, who died in 1536. Almighty God, you planted in the heart of your servant William Tyndale a consuming passion to bring the scriptures to people in their native tongue, and endowed him with the gift of powerful and graceful expression, and with strength to persevere against all obstacles. Reveal to us your saving word as we read and study the scriptures and hear them calling us to repentance and life through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.